0: Welcome to Picks with the Professor, the show where a real statistics professor gives you sports betting tips. I am your host, Professor Sides. That's my actual job title and last name, which is part of the reason why the mathematical model that I built to predict various sports outcomes is named Sideline. This college basketball episode covers every game scheduled to be played on Christmas Day, December 25th, 2022. Merry Christmas to everyone watching this here on Christmas Eve or on Christmas Day. If you're new here, check out the webpage on the banner. It's www.picturetheprofessor.com slash new for some explanations, goals, full recommendations on wager scaling, and community rules. As always, remember, there are no locks in gambling, so what Sideline provides are loves, lights, and leans. It is A, B, and C grades to indicate its confidence level with respect to scaling wagers. It's outlined in more detail on the webpage. I recommend playing A grade, plays at one unit, plays given out here at a half unit or an additional half unit. Also, there are picks on the website and Patreon's Plays of the Day and the Discord chat that I also recommend an extra half unit. And the compilation of these recommended results can be found both on Betstamp and in the Google Sheet. All those links are in the show description. The Google Sheet also takes the full set of projections and picks on every single game. And for early access to that, hit up the Patreon. Link is in the crawler below and in the show description. It's also where you can access the Discord chat, which is the best place to get questions answered about these or other games. But as always... Take what you like and leave the rest. Lastly, please understand that good and bad variants will occur. So as much as we'd like to see, we'll be profitable each and every day. That is an impossible reality for any gambler. Uh, last time we saw you here on the games for December 23rd. Uh, a lot of them didn't break our way. And, and I, I think we kind of talked about it. Jake and I did. When you have a smaller slate, the random good or bad variants – it feels a lot bigger than it is. Hopefully you were on the right side of some of those things, but we saw in the Rutgers game, blow uh, blowout game in the last minute, Rutgers dudes jacking up threes, getting the total barely over, costing us the under. And then we saw the Pepperdine game, uh, guy passes up a layup at the very end, causing Jake's total to push. Now that number dropped, and I recommended that to people in the Discord at a lower number, so not at least one. But a push on a game like that, where the guy had the layup and didn't take it, cost us the other game, he hits a three, and, You know, you flip flop those and, You get two winners, and that's just that kind of you never really know how that light game variance is going to go. And when you have a smaller slate, everything feels a little bit bigger than than it you know than it really is. And so it's we kind of talked about it, Um, and you saw in the football game as well. We had Louisiana plus seven. Uh, They trailed that game for the entirety of twenty seconds, and pushed uh, on the plus seven so uh, the small slates can be kind of frustrating a lot of frustrating results for us uh, on the 23rd hopefully we'll do better here on the 25th five games to cover it'll be a little bit of a different look today it's just me um and because we only have five games and a lot of plays that are a little bit more questionable right now i'm going to talk about the numbers that i would much prefer to play them at Dive a little bit deeper into the hood, give you a little bit more explanation. These are some of the types of things uh, that people ask all the time in the Discord chat. So if you're not there with us already, um, get over there because these are the types of things that uh, we can dive into and help you learn a little bit more about uh, why certain plays are recommended at, at different levels. So again, going can go a little bit deeper under the hood um, than usual because, again, fewer games just to me. But before we get to that, some reminders, please hit that like button. If you're on YouTube, also, if you aren't yet, please consider subscribing or following. It's free, and if you turn on notifications, you don't miss any of the college basketball, MLB, or college football content that this channel provides. I've already mentioned the Patreon, but check it out if you haven't yet. Lots of great benefits to be found over there. Above and beyond what we do here, membership starts at just $3 per month. It's www.patreon.com the professor. That's how you get there. But even if you're not there, we're still thrilled to have you here. We got two all in courtesy of bet online. Sign up link in the show description. And current as the time of this recording, it is midday on the 24th, Christmas Eve. Lots of time to dive into these five games. The A plus play of the day, and this is usually where I would tell you how many A grade plays we have and how this is the one that's the best of all. Of. It's the only A grade play. Uh, we tend to have around more like half the games get A grades early on in the season. That, of course, varies day by day and, and drifts more than about a third. As the season goes along, five games today, only one A grade play. As of now, again, I'll talk about the numbers that if I, I, I would that the model would give an A grade to on the other ones later. But for now, the only one that meets that criteria is 5.30 p.m. Central Utah State versus Washington State. We locked this in at Washington State plus four, four as an A grade, and our patron members um, at the starter level or higher already got that information. We're already able to lock in plus four. It's come down to three and a half. Three and a half is still an A grade play. This is still an A grade play down to plus two, though. If I was looking at plus two, uh, I, I'd definitely be thinking about a money line play there rather than taking two points, which doesn't mean as much. G- getting three, three and a half, four, though, add some value. You know, this could be a tight ball game. Uh, this might be the best game of the day. Um, two pretty solid teams. Um, you know, disappointing for them to not be. Uh, you know, in the title game, a little bit disappointing of a tournament here for Utah State. Now, two of their last three games, having lost um, Washington State, couldn't get the job done against Hawaii uh, late last night. Um, so obviously two teams that had aspirations being in the title game, but instead land here. Um, again, it should be a good one, though, two really solid teams. Sideline says this should be Utah State minus 0.7. So basically a pick maybe the slightest of leans, you know, 51-49, 52-48 towards Utah state. So getting three and a half, I think is a gift. Uh, we're seeing with all but one game today four of the five numbers are basically just what Ken Paul makes the game. That's where they've hung them right now. And I think in three of the cases that that's happened, I think that's a pretty good number. I think his numbers are pretty spot on. This is one where I have a disagreement with, I think this is um, a situation where Washington state is a lot closer uh, in talent to Utah state. Um, then would be indicated. You also have to wonder about Utah State again. Through the last three games, having some disappointing outcomes. If that's going to carry over um, into this with what's going on with them necessarily? They don't look quite like the team um, that they were uh, earlier on. Um, you know, they looked good against Seattle uh, in the first game of this tournament, but didn't look that great uh, against SMU. Of course, more about SMU later, but I'm going to grab the three and a half here with Washington State. Uh, again, already locked in it at four. Would still play it as an A grade down to two. I think that's the best investment of the day, and what should be an entertaining basketball game if you're able to get that one on your television set. Which takes us to the best B side, the only B side B grade play of the day, 3:30 p.m. Central to Paul plus 16 at Creighton. Uh, Creighton again I mentioned it last time they played. Now fully healthy. I don't really think that the difference between what we saw this last game where they looked really good against Butler versus how they did before, I don't think that's all real. I think that's just a little bit of you know underperformance, overperformance, that sort of thing. I always talk about observing games as from a distribution of possible outcomes, and that was just a good outcome. And this last game, and they played well, and tip a cap, cap to them, you can't take that away from them by any stretch of the imagination. But I don't think they're quite that good now, fully healthy versus how bad they looked before. I think the truth, as with most things in life, is somewhere in between there. They're still a very good team, absolutely. Um, but I don't think now like all of their problems are solved. I think some of those issues they still had before are still there. They should have no problems with the Paul. But laying a number like 16, I'm just going to make them prove it again that they can really dominate another game before I'm really happy backing and laying such a big number. So I'm going to grab the 16 with the Paul. Something says it should be about 14 and a half. It's a B grade here at 16. It would need to be up to 18 before it gets up to an A grade. So unless there's just a lot of steam late chasing the favorite on Christmas day, for some, whatever reason, I can't really see why it would happen, but if it does 18s where it would be an A grade, it's just, you need a lot of points here because Creighton's a much better team. It's not bad. Creighton's a really good team. But I still think sixteen is a a worthwhile investment, even if it's not an A grade, because of the fact that you know, Christmas Day, no idea what the crowd will be like, no idea where the players' heads will be. And so it's one of those things where if you just give me a bunch of points in the back pocket, I'll take my chances. And it might be a 30-point blowout, but it might be a lazy kind of game where it's just Paul cruises to a nice little – I mean Creighton cruises to a nice little nine-point victory and we can cash with 16. So I think 16 makes sense to invest in, but again, not an A-grade until it gets to 18. And to back Creighton, we would need it to be down to 13 would be the number where the model would give that an A-grade – Again, creating the better team at home should absolutely win, but 16 is just too many points. We're going to grab the 16 with the Paul. And something you'll notice there that I think is interesting, just again taking a little look under the hood, you'll notice that the the numbers that we need an aggregate on both sides are 13 and 18, and the midpoint of those is not what the model projects. The model projects 14 and a half, so it's actually closer to one than the other. Part of the reason is that is because uh, the model's pegged Creighton pretty well for the most part of the season, but overestimated DePaul. So the model kind of needs a little bit more uh, wiggle room from DePaul, given what it thinks because of that. So there's a little there's some mathematical reasoning behind the threshold for it wanting uh, certain numbers for an A grade. So that's why, again, the model says 14 and a half. It would be okay at 13 with an A grade for Creighton, but it's not like you can't mirror that and go to 16 and say, oh, that's an A grade on DePaul. The model wants more with DePaul because of how much it's, um, inaccurately overestimated them. And so it wants a, a whole lot extra than it wants on, on the difference on Creighton. So that's why I always say in general, you know, especially for lower numbers, if you're two points away, that's a pretty solid play from what the model projects. Um, as you get to bigger numbers, a lot of times three, but you can see in this case, it's not always the case because it, it needs three and a half, about a three and a half point differential from the projection to the number that we get on DePaul from 14 and a half to 18 before it likes being an A-grade play. So again, it's it's not an exact, you know, two-point differential, three-point differential. That's a rough rule of thumb. That can be used, but um, there's reasons why things are or are not A-grade plays in that range. and A lot of times it has to do with how the teams perform this year um, and the model kind of saying, yeah, we've done well, we can be a little more aggressive, we haven't done well with them, we're going we're gonna to pull back a little bit. And that's DePaul, it's overestimated DePaul a little bit, so it wants a full 18 before an A-grade. But I still think 16 makes a lot of sense, knowing that we don't know where people's heads are going to be here on a Christmas Day game um, they're in Creighton. Which takes us to the Professor on the limb of the C-grade plays. There's one that I'm going to recommend before we go. The other two as total plays. 2.30 p.m. Central, Iona is playing Pepperdine. Of course, still back out in Hawaii now. Iona's a seven-point favorite. Sunline says it should be about seven and a half. It's a C-grade play because it's a pretty decent price. Um, in my opinion for this one, if we could lay six with Iona, that would be an A grade. So it jumps pretty quickly from a C grade to an A grade here. Seven would be, um, a C grade six and a half jumps it to a B and then six gets it to an A. Uh, the reason why is because kind of like I just talked about the models underestimated Iona. So it wants to be a little more aggressive with him and it's overestimated Pepperdine. So that kind of swings that balance a little bit. So it only does about a point and a half differential from what it projects to what we can get. So if this drops to six, that would be an A grade investment um, on Iona six and seven and eight are all pretty likely outcomes. So if it gets up to eight, I would not be on Iona whatsoever because again, Iona is the better team. They should win the game, and you just never know how it's going to play out late with fouls. And so this is why we always talk about we're looking at long-term results. Um, we're not looking at one game here, five games here, ten games here, because even in a sample size of ten games, you can have a lot of weird outcomes at the end of the games with foulings or guys just jacking up threes when it doesn't matter and swinging the outcome. We've all experienced a lot of that. And that's where we look at the totality of plays. You can see all those records get into the Google Sheet by grade type a grade b grade c grade all of them above 50 percent. but the A grades are the ones that shine and that's why i recommend mostly backing them and that's why the model here though it needs that six to get to an a and at seven it's only a c because of the fact that six and seven and eight that's about where teams stop fouling and things get a little bit who knows it's harder to predict so again i think I on a minus seven it's not a bad play and the reason i think that is because i i seven being a fairly common ending point of fouls. I just think that's where I'm happy at seven with a small investment, and kind of a half unit investment. Seven and a half though would be a pass for me. So at seven, I think it makes a little bit of sense. Knowing we have that push protection on that number, um, I, again, I think seven and eight are the, are the very possible, likely outcomes. But again, if we can get to six, that's where it becomes a really exciting play because now seven is a win, not a push, and six is a push instead of a loss. So um, keep your eye out on this number where it's going. Shop around every half point or full point. We've seen a lot with totals lately. If you shop it around, that half point or full point might make a huge difference. Again, I, I'd love laying six. I still think seven makes sense. Again, they're the better team. I expect them to be ahead. What we've seen from them in the last couple of games, I expect them to be ahead late, and then you never really know with Iona that's been kind of crazy. I just don't think Pepperdine has the horses to really hang in there, though, and so as, as long as Iona has a late lead, I'm just going to trust that they're going to foul enough to get us to seven, maybe eight, and that we can win, or at least, again, maybe worst-case kind of push on that Iona minus seven. So I'm going to lay the seven with Iona there. I just think they're a much better team and can get the job done. But again, it's not until it gets down to six that I really like it. With regards to Pepperdine, I would want 10 before that becomes an A grade uh, for the model. So unless you're getting double digits there, I don't think Pepperdine is a side I'd look to back. Uh, I know Iona is without one of their uh, key starters. Uh, didn't seem to matter against Seattle. And honestly, I don't think that Seattle. And Pepperdine are drastically different. So I know I was able to weather weather the storm here in this last game. And I think they can do the same thing here on Christmas afternoon, which takes us to the total of the day. We're going to start with the early game here on Christmas afternoon, 1230 p.m. Central Seattle and George Washington. We're going to go over 145. The model says this should be 147. Uh, Seattle, a pretty average basketball team with regards to their talent, but they play a little bit fast. George Washington, an above average offense and just not a good defense. We saw it last night, uh, against Pepperdine just stretches of that game, just as, um, Jake predicted. And, and we talked about where there were just some up back and forth, up and down stretches with a lot of points. I don't really see how that's drastically different here with Seattle. Um, most of these, both these teams have played on aggregate, more higher scoring games in this tournament. And again, I I see that trend continuing here. I see it being more fun, exciting early on basketball that as long as we don't have a sleepy start, which shouldn't affect them because they've been out there playing these day games. Everything's already weird anyway. So the time matters a little bit less here, I think, than a noon start on a Tuesday afternoon, you know, in, in January or November or something like that, you know, where they're back home. The things are already a little bit different here, and so uh, I don't think there's going to be a slow start necessarily. I think we can get over 145. 140 is average, and I think this is more well above average than just kind of above average with regards to the points. The other benefit, of course, this should be a tight contest, so we might have some late game fouls get us extra points, and or overtime is also on the table. This is an interesting one where I'm not really interested in playing either side at the number it is right now. If you had the do anything, I probably would grab George Washington on the money line and just say, give me plus odds in a game that I don't really know what will happen. Sideline says it should be Seattle minus two. And the number actually is Seattle minus two. I would need four with George Washington before that becomes an A grade to the model. And again, we always talk about, you know, two, three, four, are also possible landing spots for close games. One is possible, but one's not as likely, doesn't happen as often as two, three, and four do. So if he gets up to plus four, you'd have some value there with George Washington. Seattle, I would need plus two with him. And you said, that's a large difference between the model saying Seattle minus two and needing plus two. It's a four point swing, but remember we're crossing zero and zero is impossible. So there's no probability on zero. And because one is not that likely um, a crossing from na- minus one to plus one doesn't do you a whole lot of good either because teams don't often win by one at the end of the game, the way the strategies play out, they tend to win more by two and three. So We need Seattle plus two before that's a good investment. In my opinion, we need George Washington plus four, but the model has been pretty accurate with George Washington and really overestimated Seattle. So again, if I was picking a side on this one, I probably would go George Washington money line, but it's just not a good enough odds to get me excited. I'd rather just play the over in the early game and just root for points. Again, the way I've seen these two teams play in this tournament should be a lot of up and down basketball, lots of points, not a lot of great defense. Um, Also potentially with, as we saw with um, Seattle yesterday, potentially a lot of fouls (laughs) that could also help because then we've stopped the clock and we're shooting free throws. So I think over 145 makes a lot of sense there in the total of the day, which is going to wrap us up with the must-see TV game of the day. And I kind of have this one here a little bit in jest the 7.30 PM central SMU at Hawaii. It's the must-see TV game because you're playing for a trophy and playing for trophies are always fun. Hawaii having the chance to win their own tournament is something that I don't think anybody really saw coming SMU coming into this tournament was three and seven and rated by all accounts at average at best and if you go to espn's predictive ratings they have a a quality rate or no other websites do i believe team rankings has something similar um i know of a few other sites that have something like this but if you just look at espn's quality rater for like interesting games that they give each game a metric it has to do with how good the teams are and how close the game should be it kind of Takes the interaction of that. This is the worst game of the day. I just think that's hilarious because this is the championship game for this tournament. But it kind of makes sense because you know the Utah States, uh, Washington States, and Iona's are, were the three teams that we thought were the best three teams coming in. Didn't make it here. SMU again, three and seven coming in. They've played great, and this is where it gets really interesting because in all of these games in this tournament, you know you've got two teams that have lost twice and two teams that have won twice, and now the two teams that have won twice. If you're backing one side or the other, you have to be betting against some team that's looked good and so it's a little hard to say you should bet against smu because they've looked so good but also it's a little hard to bet against why because they've looked good too right and the same thing on the opposite with the two oh and two teams so there's always that like mind game you have and you have in the tournament as well with conference tournaments or march madness where all the teams that are left have been winning and so you have to now predict someone's going to lose and that sometimes is a little bit tougher to do because you've just seen them win right so you have to kind of get out of that kind of just say on the whole how good are they i still don't think this smu team is that good So I think Hawaii is probably a little bit better. Hawaii at home. Sideline says it should be Hawaii minus 5.4. So laying five with Hawaii, if I had to, I'd lay five with Hawaii. Uh, Again, with just late game fouls, I think Hawaii is probably up. But there's a lot of ways that Hawaii wins this game by two, three, or four. So I don't really think it's the best investment. Um, to wrap up here your Christmas night, what I think the better investment is just going under 134. So I said it should be 132, 132 and a half. I expect a little bit slower of a start. Again, both these teams knowing that uh, a trophy's on the line here. And that tends to have a situation where teams kind of feel each other out a little bit. Hawaii's played in some really low-scoring games. They've they've been the one team that's consistently in this tournament drug other teams down. Um, We talk about Washington State, potentially one of the better offenses in this tournament in that late game here on the 23rd, and there were 113 points in that game. Uh, Now, SMU is going to play a little bit faster pace than Washington State, but I don't think they have the offense Washington State has. So I, I don't, I'm not predicting 113 points. I think there will be more than that. But, um, you know, you go back to the game before that where Hawaii played uh, Pepperdine. There were 146 points in that one, and Pepperdine plays at an insanely fast pace. And so uh, the SMU is not any, even anywhere near that pace. Um, I, I just think that this is a little bit too high of a total here, especially for a, a title game where you're under 143. You can look first half under. I tend to just like playing the full game because you just never really know exactly how games are going to play out, when teams are going to get hot, when there's going to be runs of a lot of points, when there's going to be not runs of a lot of points. If you like first half betting, it's probably not the craziest play to go first half under. Uh, but I just like having the full 40 minutes there. Cross my fingers we don't have overtime. Um, we do get a few extra points given to us on this total because the odds makers know that overtime is possible. So uh, assuming we don't have overtime, then the under is a little bit more likely to hit there for the full game. So I'm going to stick the full game under 134. But again, first half, not a bad look. Again, the sides, Hawaii minus 5. We would need three and a half before Hawaii becomes an A grade. We would need seven and a half before SMU becomes an A grade. So uh, this one's actually pretty spot on in the middle. And this is a situation, again, as talked about looking into the hood. The model's been pretty accurate, both these teams on the whole, predicting their points um, or their point differentials, a little bit underestimating Hawaii, um, a little bit more than SMU, but, but fairly close on the whole. And that's why, again, the model says about five and a half, and it's about a, two, a true two points two points better than that at three and a half. It likes Hawaii as an A grade, two points worse than that. Uh, and you get a seven and a half and it likes SMU as an A grade. So this is kind of that standard two point swing that we talk about. If everything goes normal and it's a low number, you can generally look at the projections and say two points away makes for a really good investment. It just doesn't always hold based off of how well that team has done, how the models, how the algorithm is kind of seeing um, things. And again, the differences between what it needs for both teams to be an A grade gets a little bit bigger as the numbers get bigger because there's obviously a little bit more variance and not a ton, not a ton more. I want to make sure people hear this because we talk about, you know, that DePaul Creighton game, you know, DePaul winning by 10, it's not really likely. There's not a lot of weight on that. So the probability has to bunch up somewhere. It's just that when you get to bigger numbers, it does spread out a little bit in general, when you get up to that 16, 20 point range each number holds about three percent probability, whereas in the single digits it's about four percent. So it's not a ton difference, but it's enough that the model just wants a little bit more wiggle room with those bigger numbers. And that probably makes sense with how you're probably thinking about the games anyway, um, how the algorithm is viewing it versus how we kind of like to think of it as well with the bigger number just want a little bit more of a cushion there, knowing that things get weirder at bigger numbers. Not by a ton, but by enough to again want us to have an extra half point or full point or something like that. So again, if this drops to three and a half from five I'd be all over Hawaii. Really would love three. Three would be a great number to lay with Hawaii. Don't know if that's going to happen. Again, just putting that out there. We got a lot of time before this game happens. You could shop around and see what the number does. more. if it gets, again, up towards seven and a half. Even seven would be something to be interested with SMU, knowing that, again, that might be the point where fouls stop. Um, but again, at five, it's a pass for me on the side. I said I'm going to focus my efforts on the under, minus 134. And that's all I've got for you today. Thanks for tuning into this episode of Pitch with the Professor. Again, a reminder. To subscribe so you can ensure all the sports betting content we got right on this channel. It's dropped right into your feed. We'll be back. You Note know, games on December 26th. So we'll be back again for basketball on December 27th. We've got the Bowl episode out right now to get you through the Bowl game on the 26th. And then we'll have another Bowl episode with Cousin Jared where we break down all the games through New Year's Eve. So don't forget to check out that. We've done really well with the Bowl so far. Hopefully that can continue. Uh, but until we see you again, as always, best of luck and remember. You can your betting money, but please don't bet your eating money.